successful career, I can have a family, I can, um, I can, I could do it all, right? I could be the best mother, the best wife, and I'm going to be able to climb the the ladder um, in corporate America. And I tried to do that. I really tried to do that. And what ended up happening to me, at least, was I felt that I was always on a hamster wheel. And if I got off the wheel or the wheel stopped, then everything that I had been juggling would, would, would come crashing down. Happy Monday and welcome back to the Innovator Podcast. The Innovator Podcast, if you're new here, is a female entrepreneur series that dives into the stories of how women founders tackled hardship and difficulties to ultimately find success. My name is Erica Sullivan, and I am the host of the Innovator Podcast, and each week I bring on female entrepreneurs who are working their way up, creating their own path, and striving forward to make a difference. Today, I'm welcoming Marsha Gleit. Growing up, you know, many women are taught that they can have it all, but what does that really mean? And in today's episode, we really dive into you know, some of those perceptions of reality that we form for ourselves and what is truly worth having and what, you know, is just society. Um, We dive into a bunch of different things today. So in today's episode, I sit down with Marsha. Marsha is the founder and owner of Burgeon Consulting, and she has over 30 years of experience in project management, finance, accounting, and organizational behavior. She's worked with everyone from small businesses to Fortune 500 companies, and she launched Virgin Coaching to provide consulting and coaching services to business owners to assist them in becoming all they can be. Marsha, welcome to the Innovator Podcast. Hi, Marsha. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you today? I'm doing well. Happy Friday. We made it to the end of the week. We sure did. We sure did. And the three-day weekend to boot, so... Can ask for anything more. Absolutely. So Marsha is the founder and owner of Virgin Consulting with over 30 years of experience in project management, finance, accounting, and organizational behavior. And now she provides consulting and coaching services. So Marsha, we are so excited to have you on. And how I always like to start is to get the full story. So if you can start us at the very beginning and talk to us a little bit about what your early life was like and how your story has evolved to get you where you are today. Okay, well, thank you again for having me today. Uh, My early life, uh, some senior moments get in the way because we don't want to always remember where do we come from. So um, I grew up and was um, the youngest of three girls, and we were always taught as, or always, told as you as young women that we could do whatever it is that we wanted to do and um, college was really important so I went off to college and it was right about the early 80s when um, I started my career and there was a um, a commercial that would come on all the time and it would say I could bring home the bacon fry it up in a pan and always Um, take care of my man and it was for an Anjali perfume commercial and it kind of showed and kind of the message that it gave to young women is that we could do it all 
And that's how I started my career. I could do it all. I can have a powerful career. I can have a family. I can, um, I can, I could do it all, right? I could be the best mother, the best wife, and I'm going to be able to climb the, the ladder um, in corporate America. And I tried to do that. I really tried to do that. And what ended up happening to me, at least, was I felt that I was always on a hamster wheel. And if I got off the wheel or the wheel stopped, then everything that I had been juggling would, would come crashing down. And that scared the life out of me. Um, and I was anxious and I was um, headed toward depression. Um, I was always overworked, taking on more responsibilities at home and at school and at, um, and, um, at work. I mean, everywhere. And I got to the point, I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And as my children got older and they left the house, I continued to become so involved in my career that I lost sight of me. And that's when I said, okay, I have, I was 50 years old. The, the light bulb went on, on and said, look, you have one, you know, one more career left in you. What is that going to look like? And what it started looking like to me was that I wanted to work with people and I wanted to help women and I wanted to help entrepreneurs and young moms um, learn how having it all, even though it's obtainable, it's not maintainable. And, and I'm just going to say that again because um, I don't want your listeners to think that we can't have it all, but we have to figure out how to maintain it all. What we obtain, how do we maintain it going forward so that we live a healthy life? And that's where my journey led me to self-care. I found that I've always identified myself with my job. I put myself last. I was the fixer. I was the go-to person. Um, I could always take on one more thing. Um, and I can have this amazing career, a six-figure earner, and I could do it all. And um, But I wasn't taking care of me. And what happened was that lifestyle, I found myself two years ago in the hospital um, because I had an infection in, in the bone in my toe. I let a blister go, and just that's what happens when you don't take care of yourself. And I started realizing that in order to find my happiness and to find my balance, in my life, between my career and my personal life, um, I had to start with me and I had to start with um, self-care. And that was really the transition that I made from a workaholic to a person that now has very important family relationships and a business that I just love what I do. So you went from working, 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 burning the candle at both ends and you know, you knew you were identified only with your job, which I think is something we see very often for women. They identify themselves as their job and being as a mother or X, Y, and Z. And we see it time and time again. So after 30 years working in a C-level position, told us how your journey led you to what you're doing now. What was that transition like? Was it like a breath of fresh air or was it like, what is going on right now? Because I'm sure it was quite the adjustment, even though you were burnt out. You know what it was, it was kind of 
luckily I was able to do it in a way that I was able to um, continue to do some consulting for the company that I was working for as I transitioned out of that corporate life into my own business. So, but it was really nice to feel like I had some freedom that, that I was in control of my destiny and I was in control of my life. Now, the interesting part about that, which I've kind of learned through this journey was I was always in control of my decisions and always in control of my life. But I allowed um, that fear of something happening if I stopped or I set a boundary that would make the whole thing come crashing down. I didn't speak my, my, my truth for me. And that's where I found once I looked at what was going on in my life from not living that life anymore, I felt like I now I understand what I did and how I could have changed things. And that's what I love about what I teach is that I, I, people don't have to make all those same mistakes that I made. It's just being more aware of where you are, what you're doing and who you're blaming. So if someone's listening and interested in learning more about the work you do, can you give us a brief rundown through the consulting and coaching services that you provide to business owners? Yeah, so um, I believe a lot in systems and I believe a lot in systems run your business and people run the systems. And it's really how I work. So what I do is I start, I always start with a check-in on where are you at? What are you doing to um, take care of you? Because you got to put yourself first. You can't support anybody, clients, a business, a product, employees, your family, if you don't have a core and a good good roots in who you are and what you want and, and how you're taking care of you. Um, we then go into what is the biggest problem that you want to solve? What is it you want to do? And how do we get clarity around what it is you want? Do you want to grow your business? Do you want to have more time with your family? Do you have relationships within your family that isn't working? Do you want to find more balance? And then we look at that. And then we sit down and we create a plan. So if we're looking at business consulting, then I might be looking at your business plans and what are your systems and how you're running your business and um, are you working smarter, not just harder. Um, if we're looking at more of that work-life balance, then we're going to look at what do you what do you like about your job? What boundaries aren't you setting within your job, and how um, what is that going to look like? Um, as well as what's going on with your family and your family relationships. We're going to create a plan. What does that plan look like? We're going to break it down into a million pieces, right? And we're going to start one thing at a time, creating momentum and creating that feeling of accomplishment. And we put that plan into action and then it's all about accountability. So I really believe in a, a rapid discovery of what's going on and then how do we get to making changes and staying accountable. Just from looking on your website and now just the start of this conversation makes it very clear that self-care is the cornerstone of your practice, that it all boils down to, you know, putting on your oxygen mask first and you'll be your best, which I read that on your website and I was like, yes, that makes so much sense. I mean, you can't pour out of an empty cup. We all know that, but it is definitely easier said than done, especially when those lines between home and work are a little bit more blurred now that we're working from home. We're working from home. We have kids that we're homeschooling, right? We're doing it. We're doing it all. We're doing even more all than we ever did before. So um, 
How do you implement that? How do you find time? 10 minutes a day. Okay, it's all you need, 10 minutes a day. And um, and I like to start with, let's talk about that 10 minutes a day before you go to sleep. Because one of the most important things that you can do for your self-care is get a good night's sleep. And whether you have five hours of sleep, two hours of sleep, 10 hours of sleep, it's gotta be quality sleep. And how do we get there is we go from, how do we turn off the day and go into to sleep mode? And that's where self-care is a great time. Um, it's a great time to practice your self-care, right? Turn off the TV, turn off your phone, stop checking email, put it down for 10 minutes before you go to bed, right? Pick either read a book that you love or play some music that you find calming. You can meditate if that's something that you want to do. You could just do some nightly thank thankful prayers, you know, just thanking, you know, um, being thankful for, um, you know, that that you have a great job, you have a great family, right? Um, or just being grateful for the people around you that they, um, that you, you know, and you have a roof over your head, you have food to eat. And these kind of things you can do, right? right before you go to bed, 10 minutes before you go to bed. And when you go from, from that, that hectic day, transition into tonight into sleep, right? And you clear your mind, you're going to sleep better. And when you sleep better, you're going to wake up better. When you wake up better, you're going to be ready to, to, um, you know, face the world, right? And then what you'll find is that when you start learning more and more about self-care, that you are doing things already that you just don't realize is self-care, right? And it could be things like hydration. You know, you might a habit of yours is might be already to drink half your your body weight in water, and boom, that's a self-care strategy. And you're just becoming more aware. You're becoming more aware of the of the things that you can do. More aware of the mood that you're in and more aware of how to stay a healthier, um, emotional, physical, and, and spiritually. I've admitted this on the podcast before, but my biggest thing that I cannot seem to get over is having my phone on the first thing in the morning. It's the mm -hmm. first thing I look at. And no matter how hard I try and cut it out, I try not to look at emails, but I'll scroll Instagram and see messages from friends and text messages. And I cannot get it out of my routine. I don't know what I need to do. Well, the question is really why do you need to, to take it out of your routine? If that's something that you find like enjoyment and it's your connection first thing in the morning, then being on Instagram or Facebook is really, really self-care. So you just have to change your thinking around a little bit. Like, you know, does it put a smile on your face when you see like the, you know, photos of your friends or your, you know, then that might just be something that you need to, to help you jump out of bed in the morning. And it's not a bad thing. You know, we, we, everybody talks about these, um, oh, I get up and I meditate or I get up and I gratitude journal. Yeah, those are great habits. But you know what? Sometimes it's not what we want to do. And if we don't do what we want to do, then we're not going to be, that's not taking care of ourselves. So, you know, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with getting up and looking at Facebook and, and, and Instagram and just spending some connection time because connection, connecting with our friends and smiling and laughing and, and commenting, right, is, is also self-care. So it's just how you look at it. Marsha, I love you. That's a perfect <laughs> response. And you know what, that's what I do with my clients. It's not a right or wrong or there's no 
there's no um, miracle to any of this. It's really finding what works for you. I mean, I talk to people. I love to laugh. And I love to have a good time and have fun. I mean, that's just my where, where I'm at. And, you know, I've talked to people and I said, you know what? Turn the music up as loud as you can, right? Your favorite song and dance and sing at the top of your lungs. Who doesn't feel good when they do that? And you could do that for two, three minutes. Get the whole family involved, right? Mm-hmm. That's self-care because you're you're just expressing yourself, doing something that you love to do. Now, I don't usually turn on the music, but if my husband's listening, he's an album freak. So when he, he collects albums, he puts on something and I haven't heard it in like forever. I start dancing in my chair and, and singing along. And it's like, it just makes you feel better. Doesn't mean I'm stopping working. I'm just mm-hmm. a little better. So yeah, I love that. So we've talked a little bit about routines and finding what works best for each individual. So can you walk us through a normal day in your life and what your routine looks like? So what my routine looks like is I usually get up and the first thing I got to do is walk the dogs because they got to go. They they don't care whether I want to get out of bed or not. So we go for our little morning walk and I have my coffee and then I um. I do my exercise, whether it's, you know, whatever I do, I go for a walk or I go on the treadmill or whatever. Um, And then I, I like to meditate after that because I like to clear my mind before I shower and get myself ready to um, start my day. And then um, I'm either working with clients all day or doing continuing education or working on my programs or um, marketing or on Facebook, whatever. And then usually in the afternoon is my connection time. And I spend some time with my mom and my sister. Um, my mom mostly cause she is by herself and is really struggling right now with being alone. Um, during COVID, I, you know, I can't go over with her every single day, but at least we spend an hour or two in the afternoons, just the three of us just, um, and her, sometimes her friend joins us and we chat or we play a game or, um, you know, we just spend some time with her and then it's, time for my husband comes home from work and um, it's dinner time and connecting time there. And, um, you know, then I do my nighttime routine where I do my gratitude and I do my, um, some more meditation I'll do before I go to bed. And um, then by that time I'm exhausted and all I want to do is close my eyes and cause I got to get up and walk those dogs again in the morning. So that's kind of what my day looks like. I love that you have connecting time or like that connection time that you felt like the afternoon is your time to connect is to have conversations. It's to be with your family and yeah. everything. I mean, that's something that so many people are just wishing that they had right now, you know, FaceTime's great, but it's definitely not the same. No, it's not. But, you know, I will say that um, if because of all of this, um, I do that afternoon with my mom and I never really, I I didn't do that before. Mm -hmm. It would be a quick phone call and then I would see her, you know, maybe on the weekend or, or, you know, have a go out to lunch or whatever, but that it, there are some things that have, that, that have been very positive about, about all this COVID stuff. And, you know, that's kind of how I like to look at it is what, what is positive, you know, being grateful for what I have now that I, that I, didn't realize I had that that being home has made me realize that that there's more to life than being busy all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. okay to stop and smell the you know the fresh air and 
you know, my, we started walking. We started going to places in our town that we never walked before because we just want to get out of the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you know, I'm in Southern California, so we'll have summer for a few more months. Um, and we had really nice weather leading up to summer. So, you know, just being outside and mean, being in our backyard and eating dinner outside so we get out of the house. I mean, things that we just didn't do before. Yeah. So I like to look at it as, well, what, what can I not, you know, we have our, we want to go back to normal, right? But what are some things that we can take from this, from this period and put it into um, our new, our new life going forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started, you know, when I started working from home, it was like, being in my office all day long, staring at a screen that I started, I went to my fiance and I said, we need to, we need to do something. We need to get out. And we started walking the neighborhood where I grew up. So I grew up in this neighborhood. I lived there for 12 years. I think we, we, um, before I went off to college and I didn't realize how many local trails there were in my neighborhood. So I used to walk these every single summer, walk the neighborhood. And I had no idea how many trails there were. Like how embarrassing that is this, that it took a pandemic for me to realize this was at my at my fingertips. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mark, what is a book, a resource, or a podcast that you love and want to share with the audience? You know, it's so funny. I, I was having lunch with my um, my adult son and um, was living in New York City and he ended up coming home. Just he was living by himself and he's like, I can work from anywhere. I'm going to come home for, for a couple months. We're like, OK, so I'm sitting and having lunch with him, which is kind of new for me. It's, um, you know, I used I'm used to being by myself, not having somebody else here. So we were having lunch and I said, you know, I'm on this podcast this afternoon. And um, one of the questions is, what is my favorite book or podcast? And we were kind of talking about all these different things. And I said, you know what? I keep coming back to a Dr. Seuss book. Hmm. And um, the Dr. Seuss book is called All the Places I'll Go. And... It was a book that I read when I was little. And then when each of my children graduated from college, actually each of my parents' grandchildren graduated from college, actually from high school, I take that back. That was the book that was their gift. And when you think about that book and talking about all the places that you'll go, right? And all the, and I kind of equated to all the things that I'm going to do, not necessarily places. At each individual stage in your life, when you go back and you think about where you've been and where you still can go, it's so uplifting. And whether I was, whether you read it to a, you know, to a, a young toddler or you read it to, you know, you read it at 55, you know, it, it still is so impactful. So it is a Dr. Seuss book, all the places I'll go. I love that. This is the first time a Dr. Seuss book has been mentioned, but I absolutely <laughs> love it because I know exactly which book you're referring to. I think everyone does. Yeah. Such a classic. And what a great gift, right? For a, you know. Mm-hmm. So Marsha, lastly, where can the audience find you if they want to reach out and connect? So the easiest thing, which I'd love to do, is a, um, a 30-minute um, strategy session. And you can find me at speakwithmarsha.com. Perfect. We'll be sure to incorporate those into the show notes so that people can reach out and connect with you super, super easily and kickstart whatever 
entrepreneurial or personal journey that they want to be on. But Marsha, thank you so much for coming on today for a conversation about your experience, the pandemic, honestly, a little bit of everything in between. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are so welcome. It was very enjoyable. 